with everybody in Marillion Land. That was such a disapproving look you just gave me. Because I'd clap, we were about to start and you decided to move your mic. I did. Like, so, I like living on the edge. The edge of your husband's disapproval. <laughs> I was going to say the edge of my husband's irritability. Hey, it's my birthday tomorrow. <gasps> oh my God. Oh, I've got to get wrapping paper. Yeah, we're recording this on Thursday. My birthday's the 5th of August. Happy birthday. <laughs> I was about to say the same day as Neil Armstrong, who of course has a Marillion connection. Neil's, Neil Armstrong's son will be so proud Nils, of you. Nils Armstrong. Nils Armstrong's son will be so proud of you. Rick Armstrong. He's in a band with uh, Pete. Pete. You know, did you know that? I did. I did know that. <laughs> I uh, once <clears throat> sat on a coach coming back from Port Zealand. So did I. Uh, so did I. And he didn't mention across the, mo- the aisle from didn't Rick mention Armstrong. the moon once. <laughs> just talked about Marillion the whole way back with the man next to him. Yeah, I, I just want to lean over and go, what, but yeah, but what about the moon, Rick? <laughs> Have you got any opinions about the moon? Because I like to think that that's all he talks about. Oh. Yeah. Uh, what's happening? What's happening? What's happening? What's happening? Um, oh, I got, no, talking of my birthday. Talking of my birthday, he says, leaving a pause to uh, make the editing easier. Fucking hell. Talk- <laughs> what is going on? Talking of my birthday, I got my birthday card from H. Yay! For I am a purple patron on his podcast. Mm-hmm. Goes on our fridge. Goes on our fridge with the other two. I've got three birthday cards from him now. Wow! Technically, they're postcards, though, aren't they? He just writes "Happy Birthday" on. Well, them. it's still a card, Paul, and it's still to celebrate your birthday. People so tend to think of them as things you a, can open. Technically, technically, purely technically, it is a birthday card. Yeah. Talking of Patreon, you can. Sign up to our Patreon, www.patreon.com slash MrBiffo. I normally leave it to the end, but I'm doing it this time at the beginning because we'll have a bonus episode up this week. What will we be talking about, Paul? We're going to be talking about the 2011 Meridian Weekend. That was a good year. That was a good year for that is the year that we met. Let us not blow our load early. (laughs) (laughs) We want to save it for the patrons, of which you can be one for just one British pound a month. Bargain. <laughs> Psych. <laughs> I think the word you're looking for is jinx. Paul, Paul, Paul. Uh, whatever. So anyway, uh, what are we doing this week? It's a bit of a grab bag this week because yes. we're just mopping up the dregs of somewhere else, so to speak. We're going to look at the two B-sides from that era. Uh, we're going to have a look at the Mike Hunter interview in the web magazine that I've been talking about over the course of recent episodes and we might, if we have time, read out a few letters. Sounds like a good plan. Sounds like a plan. So, without further ado, <laughs> without further of that, let's crack on with uh, Circular Ride. Let me just say, what? yes? No, you, nothing. You, I was going to do a... a whip sound. Crack oh, on. I wonder what you're Whoosh. doing. You look like you're having a spasm. Well, that was my whip. Whoosh. Okay. Let's crack good. on. Let's crack on. So, if you remember, See It Like a Baby was the first single from the album uh it didn't do as well as you're gone which was of course the lead single from marbles partly because it was a digital only download so when it come came to the second single which was thank you whoever you are marillion thought oh well let's see if we can do another you're gone by which point of course it was too late because the album would come out and blah 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 so they did a whole physical release uh with b-sides which of course see it like a baby didn't have and the b-sides were too 
at least as far as we were concerned, new songs, Circular Ride and Say the Word. Why did you say as far as we were concerned? Well, they weren't new songs because they'd been floating around since the Marbles sessions. But had they been played live? No. So, oh, okay, right. They were unheard by the general public. Unnecessary clarification, absolutely unnecessary clarification. But, yep, you you knock yourself out. (laughs) (laughs) Just just fill the time, you know. This episode could come up short anyway, so we'll just fill it with you. You... No, because you Pointing said... out the obvious. Yeah. That, oh, okay. Yes. Fine. Fine, yeah. I was just checking in case they played them at a Marillion weekend or something and people had heard them, but they were being officially released. No, no they not Or whether no one had ever heard them no before. No one had ever heard them before. And I was very pleasantly surprised when I did. Were you? Yeah. I raved, I believe, on the forums about them. Did you? Yeah. Which one? Both? Or? Both. I love them both, unashamedly. I think they're they're both cracking little pop songs. Huh. Yeah. I love I like them both, but I particularly love Say the Word. Yes. Well, should we do that one first? Yeah, let's cuz I I I really love it. I'm going to say it. I really love it and I'd like to hear it live, please. <laughs> uh I think you've got more chance of hell freezing over. What why? Because only it's a two members song. only two members members of the band like it. No prizes for guessing which two. H. Yeah. And Pete. Pete. Pete, who's got zero quality control, clearly. <laughs> well, I think he's got good quality control because it's an excellent Oh, song. he likes everything. He likes most toys as well. So, oh, you know, Pete. Pete, Pete really, you know, just goes, ah, it's a song. I like it. <laughs> I like songs. Well, it's a great song. Uh, oh, it's so good. I love H's voice on it. Oh, it's so soulful. Well, yeah. And the rhythm yeah. of the song. And I, I, I just think it would be fabulous live. I, I think it's the closest they've ever come to sounding like Prince. That's what it's always Prince. reminded me of. Really? Yeah. Some of his album stuff. Oh, maybe. Yeah, maybe. But also, I think it, it, it's just so H. It fits him so perfectly. It really suits his voice. It brings out the best out of his voice. The lusciousness, the emotion, the... The soul. Well, it was the thing that struck like me. Like, he's definitely a soul singer. Well, that was... Thank you for stealing my line. I said that to you. Bloody hell. I said that to you the other day and was literally those were going to be the next words out of my mouth. You snooze, you lose, Paul Rose. No. You get interrupted by your wife, you lose. I started talking. Unbelievable. <laughs> you have to not give me any gaps to, As I said to, to you the other day, I think this shows that H... I can't even say his name. I'm so angry. That H... <laughs> has a soul singer's voice because you hit I'm sorry you know everyone who likes Marillion's rocky stuff his voice doesn't suit stuff like The Wound or Most Toys or whatever as well as it does something like this it doesn't yeah it's like his voice is made for something like this he's got a pop voice and a soul voice yeah he's brilliant you know obviously we know he's brilliant at pretty much everything he can do anything oh yeah exactly yeah but when they're doing a straight-ahead rock song, something that is a bit less arty mm. or, you know, it works great in Invisible Man. You know, when he's doing the sort of proggy and more sort of involved kind of arty, arty mm. for want of a better word, stuff, I think it, it it sits well. But then when you hear a song like this, you just kind of go, this is his where his voice just like ergonomically kind of, you know, fits the curves of the song. 
Yeah, it brings out the best in it because it's like, yeah, I guess if you think like clothing, let's say you have a curvaceous figure and then you wear a shapeless smock, it's not <laughs> going to bring out the best in your na- with your natural shape and beauty, right? Talk about so me, this- aren't you? I am. <laughs> My curvaceous figure and the smocks that I wear. <laughs> no, I'm like not fat talking Homer. about you. No. <laughs> There's an episode of The Simpsons where Homer puts on loads of weight and just starts wearing a smock. <laughs> oh, really? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> no, but um, but in, by the same token, I think, you know, yes, H can sing the rock songs and, of course, he's got the talent to do it, but they won't show off his vocal figure mm. as well as, like, that- a song like this. It just, like it showcases the best in his voice. Right. You can hear the subtleties that he's able to achieve. So what you're saying is you want to see H's boobs. <laughs> his vocal boobs. And his bum. His, his vocal bum. His vocal boobs. <laughs> Steve Hogarth's his, vocal boobs. His vocal curves, yeah. yeah. I know what you mean. Um, and it's it's a really pretty song with a really pretty melody. It's a strange song in some respects because it it sort of just chimes along. In a in a very loose sort of way for most of its, you know, running time. Is that can you say that about songs or is that a running movie? Running time, I think so. Yeah, okay. For most of its length, it just sort of you know don't put, raise your eyebrows. It's unbelievably filthy. Um, <laughs> a man should be able to mention length without getting a raised eyebrow. So I don't know what you're talking yeah, about. So the so the song's length and girth. Uh, <laughs> the, <laughs> Yeah, and then it builds to this big purple tip. Paul! You're <laughs> taking it too far. Um, yeah, it doesn't do a lot, but what it does is really pretty. Yeah. You know, the, the verse and chorus for most of the song is sort of almost interchangeable. Mm. Uh but then it takes off in this lovely sort of almost gospel yes. way. Yeah, that's a great way of describing it. Yeah, with the sort of layered vocals. But I love the, I just love the sort of, the sort of gentle keys and the sort of the way the guitar's got that reverb on it, mm-hmm. and you know, in a way that it doesn't on the main album. And and then good point. Yeah, uh, and that's and a it's, really good point. It's it has atmosphere. Yeah. Yes, it's not like. I don't think it's massively complex in the sense of something like Ocean Cloud or Invisible Man, but it has so much atmosphere. Yeah, it does. So much atmosphere. It does, but in a in a sort of different way to something like Ocean Cloud. Yeah, which exactly. is, is about painting a picture in your mind. This is just a for me, I've always said this that Marillion are as much a pop band as they are a prog band. I disagree that they're a rock band necessarily. Yeah, I think they are masters of a pop melody. So like prog pop rather than prog yeah, rock. Yeah, for me, that's what I think. And when... I, I can see that. Yeah, for me, when they're at their absolute best is when they sort of marry those those pop melodies with a sort of more ambitious, proggy kind of layered yeah. and, and dynamic bit of light and shade. Hey, do you think there are any other bands or artists out there that would fit into a prog pop genre? Like, do you think Stephen Wilson would? 
I think maybe he would. No, these days, shamelessly, he says as much. Yeah, prog pop. His last couple of albums. His last couple of albums. And Kate Bush, I would say, is prog pop. Yeah, genius. Yeah. Uh, We need to start a new genre. Prog pop. We need to start, right? Because we're the musicians. Uh, <laughs> yeah, a... uh, yeah. Kate Bush. I've always thought, you know, they yeah. they sit for me, Marillion, which was why it was always so weird that they got covered in Kerrang, because they do sit alongside much more. I mean, I've said Simple Minds and those stadium bands, but they sit alongside someone like Kate Bush. Yeah, they do. Yeah, or Talk Talk even the far more comfortably than they do. Well, certainly any heavy metal band. But I think I've talked about this as well. I think that led to some confusion in the band themselves. You know, really, Marillion have done one album that I would class as like heavy or rock, which is which is Fugazi. Fugazi. On Fugazi, yeah. you still have something like Jigsaw. You still have something like even Punch and Judy has a kind of it's a it's it's a short, snappy pop song. You know, all right, it's got mm. a venom to it because of fish and the production and you know, but that's their heaviest album. It's one album. Mm-hmm. Yet, even during Misplaced and Clutching, they were still getting covered by Kerrang! Right, Season's End and Beyond, even when H wow. had joined the band. And it made no sense to me, even at the time. And and there were all these other bands, Blue Nile's another one, um, that Marillion, for me, are far more closely related to, especially now. Talk, Tears for Fears, you know, a great mm, pop yes. band. They are known as a pop band, but you listen to some sort of Tears for Fears albums and there's a real complexity to some of those songs mm-hmm. and, and far more in common with Marillion mm-hmm. than, well, for me, certainly modern Marillion, far more in common than with like a Genesis or Yes or Transatlantic or any of these other prog bands and certainly nothing in common modern Marillion has with, with any kind of heavy rock band. Mm-hmm. And you're right, I think Stephen Wilson is kind of their closest contemporary, especially over the last couple of albums. Yes. Because the last couple of albums he has shamelessly gone, I'm going to be influenced by kind of 80s pop and, and electronica. I think it works really well. Oh, it's brilliant. I love his... I, I've always thought Stephen Wilson had a pop sensibility mm-hmm. in the same way Marillion do. You know, it's interesting because partly... It, you know, he admits he was hugely uh, influenced by Marillion, was a massive fan. And for me, when Porcupine Tree were at their best was when they were doing that pop thing. You listen to No Man, you listen to, you know, these are all Stephen Wilson bands, No Man, Blackfield, uh, you know, Porcupine Tree in their early days, they, he, you know, he embraced pop in a really big way. They, You know, Porcupine Tree did some really brilliant singles, and they lost me the sort of heavier they, they got. Mm. And the more that Stephen Wilson started getting into, well, he was a big fan of Opeth and kind of these sort of death metal bands and stuff. And the more he embraced metal, the less interested I was because the melodies aren't always there. But all, all what you'd get is you'll get a certain lovely little bit of pop or atmosphere that then would suddenly be interrupted by a jarring bit of sort of churning guitar. Mm. But saying that, the new Porcupine Tree album is quite heavy in places, but it's also really gorgeous as well. I really like the new Porcupine oh, Tree album. To it it is heavy, to it but it feels like it's kind of got a balance between what they were doing in some of their later albums before the hiatus that they went on and their earlier stuff. But I, you know, I think he's a master of atmosphere and a master of pop, and Marillion are too when they trust their instincts. Yes. I think there has been... When they trust yeah, their instincts. This is what I was getting exactly. to with, I think, the whole Kerrang thing. And then, 
you know, in the in the 90s, the fact that they were being called dinosaurs and all the rest of it, and they tried to kind of modernise their sound, etc., etc. Why are you smirking? Sorry, I didn't know that they were being called dinosaurs. <laughs> okay. If, right, they were even old. H even released a solo single called You Dinosaur Thing. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, but I think it... Music industry it, is so weird. I, I feel Marillion had an identity crisis that that lasted a long time, certainly lasted up to to this album, where they chuck on something as horrible as most toys. Yeah, where they kind of went, ah, oh, hang on, we've still got some heavy metal fans in our fan base. We ought to put something on for them. That's what it feels like to me. I may be wrong, but I really do think that they were like, are we a rock band? Are we a pop band? What are we? Yeah. Uh, and then you hear a song like this, and I just kind of go, you know, this is, you do this really well, Marillion, better than you do rock. How come three members of the band didn't like the song? I think I mean, it's, what's not to love? It's gorgeous. I think it's. I think. Well, I think partly it it, it it meanders a bit. It does feel a little half finished to me. Right. It doesn't feel entirely complete as a song. Um. So there's that. I find the lyrics. We'll get onto the lyrics. There's not a lot to say about the lyrics, but I'll get onto them in a minute. I find that the lyrics sometimes not not the vocals, but the lyrics sometimes fit a little awkwardly with the music. Oh. It feels like he's either hurrying to finish the line before <laughs> called oh, change, right, right, right. or yeah. it's kind of being split over a couple of bars. And yeah, but that's nothing. A little bit of editing and tweaking couldn't fix. Yeah, but also this was, and this is we've heard it in many interviews. Marillion, when a song has been hanging around for a while, they get bored of it. Oh, right. Uh, okay. And I think it might be guilty of that. And also, I, I do. I think some people, it perhaps within the band, certainly within the fan base, because I have to oh, say... Oh, yeah, because I was going to yeah, ask, what was the fan base reaction like to it. it? No. Yeah, they didn't like it. On the whole. Really? And we're talking Meridian Forums. Remember, the forums are at their most toxic at this point. Uh, I know I liked it. I think Pedantony liked it, if I remember. Oh, good taste, Pedantony. Yeah, well done him. It, yeah, it didn't get a great reaction, which was offset by the fact that Circular Ride did get a great reaction which is interesting. Yeah. But I just think some people just, whether in the band or outside of the band, probably look at it and go, that's not what they should be doing. But actually, I disagree. Mm. I disagree because Marillion do it so well. Anyway. I agree with you. Yeah, I think I think it's a great little song. And yeah, likewise, I'd love to hear it live. Mm. Even though it does take three minutes. Is it too minutes, late to vote for it? Probably. Even though it takes sort of three minutes to get going, I still I still would love to hear it. Mm, me too. Yeah, I, or even at an H Natural gig, I'd love to see him try and oh play that goodness, on the piano. Oh my god, I think it'd be perfect for an H Natural gig. Yeah, I do. So yeah, say the word. It's it's for me. It's another great Marillion B side up there with Bed in the Sea, the release, Tucks on. They did great B sides. Not during the holidays in Eden era, though. <laughs> what was the B-side holidays? Well, you had... Um, I can never remember whether it was How Can It Hurt or We Will Walk On Water. I think it was How Can It Hurt was the B-side of Cover My Eyes. Uh, and then on the... Yeah, you don't like We Will Walk On Water. No. And then on it's the sub subsequent Best Of, uh, which I always lumped the, the two songs in together, the other one was on there and as a bonus track, and I don't really like that either. Oh, I will walk, walk. Oh, God, my ears. It just sounds like a bird. <laughs> Trapped bird. <laughs> I will walk, 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 walk. Ow. 
Ow, she says. That didn't hurt your oh, ears. eardrums. So lyrically, do you want to? Lyrically, do you wanna oh, go? I think I think they're really sweet lyrics, aren't they? It's like he likes someone, but he doesn't know. There's a bit of insecurity there, isn't there? Well, that's what struck me about it. That it's a song about the start of a relationship, mm. and that or, or even the phase. days before the start of a relationship, yes. liking someone before like, you get into it. Yeah, you know, and then. You know, just say you'll go out with me. And, yeah. You know, you know, being scared of screwing it up, saying the wrong thing. Yeah, looking doing for some kind thing. of sign. Or do you feel the same way? And we know during this era that he had started a new relationship. However, I then read it again and went, actually, this could also be about the end of a relationship. Oh. It, all the words apply. I've been storing up all these promises I would keep if we were to talk. Oh. I'm so lonely I could cry myself to sleep. Yeah, I'm hungry for some kind of sign for you. You know. I'm trembling uh, now. There's nothing I can do. Which would also fit with sort of the timeline of his life. It feels more like the beginning, though. I'm trembling now. There's nothing I can do. I'm scared in case I scare you still away. Still works. Still fits. I still suppose. fits. I wouldn't play no silly games. We don't need to be lovers. We could just talk the same. I see that as it could equally be about wanting to stay friends with someone. And when you look at it from that point of view and you look at the lyrics of Circular Ride, they are very much sort of sister songs. But then it says, there's more to me than meets the eye. I don't know you, so tell me, why should I lie? Again, could work with a relationship with two people who okay. who perhaps haven't always been honest and haven't really given of themselves in a relationship, which would fit with other But then why would he say, I lyrics. don't know you? You must, if you've been in a long-term relationship, you must... Kind of know them. I've certainly been in a long-term relationship. I didn't have a clue who the other person was. Not really. Depends. On I don't know you, so why would I lie? You still get relationships where people don't share of themselves. I suppose. Anyway, I'm gonna. I'm sorry. I, I'm gonna say it's. The I'm, beginning ju- I'm of just relationship. throwing it out there. I that was my gut feeling. Yeah. But at the time that this was written, which was Marble's era, mm. he hadn't met Lynetta at that point. Oh. I'm sure he's had other relationships in his life. Well, yeah, exactly. But oh, okay, all right then, all right. Let's just say we don't know. We don't know. It's a mystery song. It's a mystery song. It's not a lot. It's of about. Li- it's about relationships. Yes, there's not a lot of lyrics in it. No, it's not overwhelmed with words, but they're they're interesting lyrics. I think they're very, they're very. Um, I don't know if "raw's" the right word, but they're very kind of authentic. Mm. In that, you know, it's not trying to hide behind words, trying to hide your feelings behind words. They're kind of like quite, I think it's quite brave to put your insecurities out there so clearly. Yeah, but he does that well, doesn't he? He does. And lyrically, it reminded me a bit of of, um, the first track on Somewhere Else, The Other Half. Yes. You know, they feel like different stages in... In the, the same, start of a relationship. Yeah, true. Early stages, but but yeah. True. Yeah. I can see them both kind of being around the same time, whether it's a year or two years or mm. whatever. I can see how both of those these songs But again, timeline wise, if this dates from marbles. True. Anyway, uh as I say, I love it. If no one if you haven't heard it. I implore you to go seek it out. It's it's if you can't find it to buy it, I mean, it's on it's on YouTube. <laughs> I mean, if it's on YouTube, is it on the Marillion channel? 
No. Oh. Um, well, Meridian should put it on their channel because then if they have any ads, then the revenue will go to them. Yes. Okay. So I'm just, again, telling them what to Tell do. Tell them what to do. <laughs> you drop, you drop Lucy an email. <laughs> Uh, so do anyway. whatever you want to do, guys. Circular ride. Okay, I don't really like the beginning bit. What? <laughs> I don't know why. I really don't the like The accordion bit. I know. I don't like this. It just oh, what? rubs me the wrong way. That's bizarre. I, I tolerate it. Wow. I like the song. But you don't like the intro. No. That's strange. It make, gives me a bit of anxiety. Wow. Yeah. I think because it's very fast paced and it loud. Just starts, it, it's, no, it? it's like yeah. a circus. It's like you're in a circus or in some really. <laughs> no, do you know what it reminds me of? Being in a really loud, overcrowded fun fair. Overstimulating. There's flashing lights everywhere. There's people everywhere. It stinks. The rides are going off. Like you have nowhere to rest your eyes without some sort of what movement. What the hell are you on about? And then this freaking loud music comes on from the ride next to you, and you jump and feel startled, and uh, you just feel overstimulated. That's what it reminds me of. But just that beginning bit. Love the rest of the song. Wow, you've got strong opinions about what ten seconds of music. <laughs> that there. ten seconds of music makes me. That ten seconds of music spikes my cortisol. Okay. Wow. All right. Um, I'm fact. I'm, I'm aghast. <laughs> <laughs> I am aghast. Look. Eh. <laughs> that was me being aghast. Well, look, uh, I love it. I absolutely love this song. And I think they have played it live a couple of times, but I don't know if they felt it didn't work. So they then dropped it. Oh, that's a shame. It is a shame. Because, I reckon it'll be a fun song to well, to see live. For me, it's like kind of, yeah, put your arms around your mates and swing back, sway back and forth. It's like a bar song, yes, a drinking song. It is. It is definitely. You know, raise your glasses and swing them back and forth. Yeah, it's a sing-along song. And Marillion always need more of those. Uh, they usually love playing those live. Yeah. Would have been great in the recent weekend set list, you know, the, mm, on the up-tempo night. It would have really fit. It would have really sat well in that. Yeah, the the bit at the end, we'll get into the lyrics, but they're sort of all to, oh, everybody all together laughing, everybody all together crying. You can imagine cheers after that. Yeah. You know, and I don't know. I just think it's, again, exactly what I said with Say the Word, it's a great Meridian pop song. Yeah, it is. I haven't got a lot to say other than it... it it did seem a bit reminiscent of Crowded House for me. I know you disagree with that when I said it the other day to you. I mean, About, it's like hmm. I wouldn't... The same way that you said, say the word reminded you of Prince, it's like, okay, I can see I can see the same... Hmm, what analogy can we use? <laughs> Don't use I can analogy. see, like, let's say you have a chocolate cake and a fruit cake. Both go. have some similar ingredients or both have the same, like they're both cakes, right? They both kind of fit in the same category. So I can see like some similarities essence wise, but I wouldn't have, if I'd have heard this, I wouldn't have gone, oh my God, that reminds me of Crowded House. Well, it did me. Okay. But then I also am aware that Marillion like Crowded House rather a lot. Yeah, there you go. So that's probably why you can see it. And also, yeah, well, yeah, I'm sorry. It's a Crowded House song. But no, no, it's, a Mary- it's actually a Marillion song. Well, in the same way that Man of a Thousand Faces, I believe, was codenamed Counting Crows, 
Oh. Yeah. And then once you know that, you can't unhear it. But mm. it doesn't really sound like Counting Crows. The end no. sounds very much like there's a certain Elton John song that the end of Man of a Thousand Faces really sounds like. Oh. Anyway. Um, yeah, I, I love the accordion thing. And it, it just feels like they're having fun playing yeah. it. Yes, it does. It's a fun song. It's got a fun vibe to it. Fun, lively, upbeat, spirited vibe. They should have taken the wound and um, what's the other one? Oh, most toys off of somewhere else and put these two songs on. Exactly. Yes. Replace them with these two excellent songs. Why were these two songs shoved in as B-sides? Well, say the words they were right to because the fans didn't like it. But then they didn't like somewhere else either. So. But then, so you're saying the fans like most toys more than say the word? No one likes most toys. Exactly, but that's on the album. <laughs> no one <laughs> likes most toys. Um, yeah, I haven't got a lot to say musically. It's just great and catchy and um, they really need to play this one live. Mm-hmm. Look how the release has been embraced in recent years and how that's... And it works, got, yeah, right? People we, love we it We heard now. it in November yeah. and it... It went down a storm. Now that it's been wheeled out more, people have grown to love it. You know, this is what I've been saying about the set lists. Mm. If they just bring in some of the more obscure songs, then people will grow to love them in the way they have the songs that they just play repeatedly, endlessly at every gig. Anyway, this this would, I think, get a similar reaction to the release. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Lyrics. Lyrically, wow, interesting. Is it? Yeah, he he seems to have a very strong connection with Copenhagen. Right, we know this. Or Copenhagen, how do you say it? Copenhagen Das. Why is that funny? Well, Hagen Das is Danish, isn't it? Yes, I imagine so, with that name. (laughs) (laughs) It's not funny. (laughs) Just you doubting your pronunciation, it amused me. You look so confused all of a sudden. Yeah, because I... I mean, is it Copenhagen or, Cop- or Copenhagen? I'm glad you asked me because, if anything, I am known for my pronunciation <laughs> of, of foreign words. It's probably my greatest skill. Well, then tell me. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. No. <laughs> no. That's okay. I don't know how it's pronounced. Just anyway, right. So the Copenhagen thing. Mm. Or Hagen. And a breaking up in Copenhagen. Okay, well, we'll get onto the lyrics, but um, well, we are on the lyrics, aren't we? Yeah. I'm thrown now. We're on the lyrics now, Paul. Thank you. <laughs> Coming up to lunchtime. It is lunchtime. Oh, okay. His blood sugar's dro- dropping. <laughs> Drocking. <laughs> Thanks, Judge Dredd. Um, what? <laughs> what? Judge Dredd, instead of using the F word, they say drock or drocking. Oh, I see. Yeah, in Mega City One. Ah. Uh, wow. Hope you like your tangents, because we got plenty. <laughs> um, I've totally forgot the thread. Oh, yeah, right. We only know, really, about his link to Denmark because Lynetta's Danish. Lynetta's Danish. But wasn't there the well, song, um, mm, The Answering Machine, wasn't that set in Denmark? Am I making that you're up? You're making that up. Oh, because I don't know why I, I was I, convinced of that. If you, I, I'll tell you if you allow me. I will tell you because in an interview he mentioned Copenhagen about someone. I don't want to speculate or go into that further, but 
it was a slightly awkward moment in an interview where about H, uh, the answering machine i think it might have been might be wrong it's in one of our episodes going back but yeah it was an interview it was an awkward moment in an interview where he was asked by the interviewer about something and h thought is it about someone in copenhagen uh that he thought the interviewer was referring to and anyway that's all oh okay so i think all it's right. interesting ha- bear in mind that interview that h then mentions it in this song yeah, I mean, what I find interesting about this song is even though it seems to be talking about a breakup, it's not, it doesn't seem like, the, it doesn't seem like a particularly painful breakup. It's more like he's saying, you'll be fine. This is all part of life. You know, the lows and the highs. Oh, well, it happens. Yeah. Life goes on. It doesn't seem like it's like really, really painful. It seems like there's a resignation to it. And they've gone past the point of pain and it feels like he's kind of going, you know, that's just life. Or he's trying to convince himself of that, but oh, that's not be. even the sense I'm getting. It it really genuinely comes, maybe because of the vibe of the song and the high energy of the song, it just seems like it's, it is him saying it's part of life. Yeah, and seems to be wishing the other person well. Exactly, yes. Which um, ties into this, we'll get to it when we get to it, Happiness is the Road, but there's a track on there called Half the World, which again seems to be telling an ex or someone you're splitting up with that, you know, you'll be fine. Loads of people would want to be with you Aww. or go out with you or marry you. Or oh, whatever. that's sweet. Yeah, just not me. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Maybe. It's easy to say when you're on that side of the breakup. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't worry, loads of people are going to want to go out with you. Okay, well then why won't you? Can't help you there. Yeah, but, well, I don't think his marriage breakup was necessarily his decision. From I, Oh, um, I mean, I don't see this song as talking about a marriage breakup. I don't know. I could be wrong. Well, that's the breakup that we know happened at that time. Mm. Yeah, and he, it, it literally Oh, right, said, this was written. Do we know when this was written? Well, yeah, again, as we say the word, same. at least originally around the time of Marbles or part of the Marbles sessions or the sessions after Ah. Marbles. I think it was. I think this does date back to the Marbles sessions. They had a version of it. That doesn't mean the lyrics were intact. Mm. He could quite well have done more work on the lyrics. I mean, maybe it could be about a marriage breakup, but at that point where you've gone through all the painful emotions, you've gone through all the tumultuous ups and downs, and you're coming to a place of acceptance with it. That's what it feels like. And sort of a place of closure where you're ready to start moving on with your life and and wish the other person well. Hmm. So, yeah, I I guess it could be. Yeah, it's definitely... We will never know. It's definitely a pep talk, but from his point of view, or at least the person he's portraying's point of view, because he said, you know, she said, oh my God, it's so hard breaking up. Oh, please say to me, I'll survive like Gloria Gaynor. I said, you'll be fine. Yes. Yeah. Mm. It it seems like it's a very personal song. The the mention but the mention of well, Copenhagen for me is like this is something real. Yeah, that's how true. I see it. Why mention Copenhagen if? But then again, we could also say it could be about him helping a friend through a breakup. So the friend could be saying it's so hard breaking up. She could have broken up with someone else. That's true. And he's helping a friend through that's a, very a breakup. True. And, and going, sort of I've been there. Them, it happens. Them, yeah, giving It'll come them around. Pe- your time will come around again. Exactly. 
giving them a pep talk and trying to pick them up and say it's part of life mm. you know it's hard but don't worry what goes up must no, what goes down must come up I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> what goes around comes around. Yeah. I don't know. Come on, Grin, don't get in a spin. Yes. Yes. I can't find... I'm sorry, I've been trying to look up that uh, interview where he mentions Copenhagen. I can't find it. It's been deleted it. from the internet. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe you need to delete your lyrics as well, mate. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's a, it's a great little lyric as well. And for me, it, it's that whole, again... It feels like a sing-along song. Yes, it does. Apparently, the Gloria Gaynor, Gaynor line, mm. certain band members didn't like it. Why? Because it mentions Gloria Gaynor, who you know, disco. Meridian shouldn't be mentioning a disco person in in, a, in, in one of our songs. What? <laughs> who made that rule up? I think I think it might have been Mark, but they were overruled by uh, Mike Hunter. Oh, well done, Which is great, because I love that line. Yeah, I love the line too. It makes like perfect Gloria Gaynor. sense. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. Remember, pop prog. No, was it prog pop, not prog rock? Yeah, yeah. That's what Marillion are. Yeah, that's what we've decided, Marillion We've decided are. that's what Marillion are. Us in our infinite wisdom. Anyway, we're here. We're gone like grass on a lawn, the dusk and the dawn. It's only life. It's a circular ride. There's some parallels there as well with Don't Hurt Yourself, lyrically, which is all about, you know, weeds keep growing. Mm, yeah. About how life just rolls on. That's a good insight. Thank you. <laughs> I like to think so. Infinite wisdom. That's me. So that's that. We've done them. That's everything from the... That's somewhere else, everyone. Wow, we did it. Yeah, well, it's not quite somewhere else because we've got letters. We've got yet. letters, yeah. We've got quite a few letters to read. We're not... Uh, I don't know if we're going to get to them today, but we have got some for a, a forthcoming post bag, which we said we Which we'd might get. end up being two post bags. We'll get Pedantony on. If we don't do on. any today. Yeah, we'll get Pedantony on, hopefully, for one of them. Yes. But you and I can now start listening to Happiness is the Road. Yeah, we... Oh, yes, finally. I have started listening to the audiobook. Which I put on of one... happiness is the road that H put out. <laughs> What's the audio book, Sanya? The power of now. Thank you for clarifying. Um... <laughs> hey, did I need to clarify? You knew exactly what I was talking about. Well, that's because you've been going on about it to me. Um, yeah, I haven't gotten that far into it, but and I did have to put it on one point eight speed. It's because he talks slow, doesn't he? Really slow. Out of curiosity, I put it back to um, normal speed, and it was too slow. Mm. But um, oh, it can't. Yeah, it's it's all it's interesting. Is it's it? interesting. Yeah, I found it a bit repetitive, but there we go. Has to be repetitive because sometimes you need repetition for it to sink in. Could be short, and he could just say, "Now listen to it again at the end." Save himself a lot of time. <laughs> <laughs> Saved a lot of time. Oh, he missed a trick there. We're not going to get to the letters. We talked too. Oh yeah, because you've got to do. You've yeah. got to do that. Well, yeah. Just as a wrap up of somewhere right. else, I wanted to talk a bit more about how the reaction on the forums, because don't forget, it had decent enough reviews in the press, mm-hmm. and there were people out there who loved it a lot, uh, and so, and lots of people said that's a decent album. But as we know, those forums tore it apart the Meridian Forum anyway. This is from June 2009, so two years after the album came out. One of the few interviews Mike Hunter's ever done. 
conducted by uh, Andy Rotherham, who's a smashing fellow. Some of it we've read out already where, where Mike talks about how the album was more layered than people gave it credit for. Quite interesting observation for from Andy Rotherham, who says about how, uh, you know, the reaction to the album. Because Mike had said, this is what they sound like when they play their music. And, oh, and said, right. Well, before he starts editing and stuff. Yeah, basically. He did a lot. Basically, it was a lot less kind of post-production, wow. I guess, to it, or production oh, done that, to the music. That's fascinating. And as he said, he said maybe that was a mistake, but it was an honest try at something. Yeah, uh, and you know what? Million points to him for that. Yeah, and as he said, he said... Um, also, Andy Rotherham said, those people who have been lucky enough to be sat in the live room where the band are playing, that to me is the exact sound that you captured. And then Mike Hunter said, but it's not what people want. Andy Rotherham said, maybe it's that people don't know the band sound like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, then Mike Hunter said, if you're used to seeing someone in full makeup every day and then they come in one day not wearing any, they might still be quite beautiful, but they don't look quite the same. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah, that's such a that is such a good analogy. Yeah, yeah. He said, "I sort of regret in a way of being so dogmatic in not putting extra treble on it. I deliberately didn't want to use any." Wait, limit. what's extra treble? Well, you have uh, treble. You have like sort of bass, the mids, and the treble. I think mm, treble, what does treble sort of do? More... Okay, don't ask. I was when you I read that music. out. I really hoped you wouldn't ask me that. Well, you shouldn't have read it out. I don't know. You fiddle with the treble, and it changes the sound of the thing. But I want to know how it changes the sound. Go on Wikipedia in your own time. You make music. Like everyone else could. Okay, I know, but you I don't know that. I don't. You know, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, he also said, I deliberately don't want to use any limiting as ah. it's a quiet record. Do you know what limiting is? Um, is you limit the frequency of the sound. Well, so yeah. you don't get notes above a certain frequency or below a certain frequency. Is that right? It, or is that compressing? It, it's more about the volume, I think, limiting. Ah, okay. Limiting is sort of, so the listener isn't suddenly kind of shocked like you were at the start of Circular Ride by yeah, a sudden loud exactly. noise. Yeah, exactly, yes. Um, so yes, he didn't do any of that because yes. it's quite quiet, he said. I yeah. guess that's part of the, the fact that he didn't do, I mean, obviously he did a lot of production on it, but didn't do that kind of glossy Marillion style production on it. Um, he said, straight away, it's not a loud and shiny record, but it's an artistic decision, not a technical mistake. Fair that's, enough. That's interesting, No, isn't seriously, it? kudos to him for doing it. Yes, to all of us, it felt like the most natural thing in the world to do. It was sounding good to all of us. What was funny about the reaction afterwards was that the band really liked it. The staff really liked it. Then we put it out and people were saying, this is really shit. Then everyone groaned. It totally ruined it for everyone then. I can't listen to it anymore because of these reactions. No. That's really sad, isn't it? Yeah. Um, wow. <laughs> I mean, also overreaction. Not from him, but like... Some other people. Well, did yeah. people... But like you said many times over the last few weeks, did a lot of people feel that way or was it a few very loud well, people? Let's, let, me, let me read out a bit more and then we'll discuss that. Because Andy Rotherham then sort of said some people had very strong opinions of it. But it was also premature to make up your mind about the album before you've seen it live. All of Marillion's music really comes into its own once they're out on the road with it. I know Marbles was quite a lot to digest, but when they played it live, suddenly people started getting it. Now, I have to say I disagree with that point. I, I think an album should stand on its own merits. I don't think, you know, it's like a complaint that people have with Star Wars where to understand the story, you have to read like 20 novels and 
reference books and stuff. You know, the album should be the album. And mm. you shouldn't kind of go, well, oh, wait until I hear it live. Um, right. Yeah, as I've sort of said, you know, yes, if certain songs are played a lot, then you get them. Mm-hmm. For me, when I heard it live, it didn't affect my opinion of the album one way or another. You know, I, I'd already made up my mind about it. I don't, I didn't then go back to the album and hear it with new ears. Right. And I don't think that's ever been the case with any Meridian album that my live experience has, has influenced how I feel about it. But anyway, Mike kind of says, I think you're right. Another thing is that's the way that they work. The way they used to work was learning things and recording it. They've done that less and less as they get further along the career. The more interested you can keep them in a musical idea, the more chance you have of that musical idea having some life. If they're learning a difficult piece of for a long time until they get to the point they're ready to record it, they're so pissed off with it, you're in danger of getting that on tape as well. Oh, that's fascinating. That yeah. is fascinating. And which you said perhaps maybe that happened with Say the Word. Quite possibly, yeah. It had been hanging around too long and gone off. <laughs> yeah, it's out of For date. them anyway. For them, yeah. He says, uh, you can't make the same record with this band now as when they're all 35. They're all now in their 40s and 50s, obviously in their 60s now. Uh, so they don't have the same energy or drive and same influences you do when younger. So those people sitting around waiting for them to make those records again will be waiting a long time. If you're lucky and you approach it the right way, you can make the studio a place where they can go and not get bored and not get too bogged down with it. Mm. That's what I've been trying to do, to keep them interested enough to come to the same building every day and still be spontaneous and creative. That's a lot of responsibility on his shoulders. Yes. That is a lot of... But he's obviously good at it. He's like the captain of the ship. He's steering the ship and they're the engine. Yeah, but the engine is made up of a load of cats that keep wanting to do their own thing and wander off. (laughs) So he has to to be a cat herder as well. It's a cat-powered ship. (laughs) (laughs) Then he goes on to say, if people said to me that they like their Marillion layered and spacious, I can't argue with that. Somewhere else isn't like that, or most of it isn't. This is much more stripped down. These things don't start off in isolation. They happen as a reaction to the previous thing, especially with Meridian Records. Mm-hmm. So everyone who likes Happiness is the Road, you wouldn't have liked it if they'd tried to make it after Marbles. I guarantee you yeah. it would not have been that record. There you go. That's, that they is such a good point. It. Exactly. They needed to do this. They did. They needed to do something different. Every single piece of the puzzle is crucial. You yeah. can't complete the picture in a puzzle without every single piece, even the pieces that you think you don't like as much aesthetically. So he just says in conclusion, and this is really sad, he said, we did somewhere else and everyone hated it and I was absolutely gutted. Oh, but everyone didn't hate it. I would go on the forum when it first came out and and I was horribly low. One interesting thing that came out of it was that in the old days, if you bought a record out that someone didn't like, you got a slagging off and it would only last for a week. I noticed that the ratio, and this is probably me being a prickly bastard as well, between good and bad comments and how I take it was so upside down. If 10 people said this is great, I love it, and one would just post this is shit, that is the one thing that I would take away with me. Because of this, I naturally assumed I would not be doing the next Meridian record. Well, I mean, that that was incredibly, I was going to say courageous, but was it courageous of him to keep going? There's a better word, resilient? Certainly resilient. Definitely resilient. But, um, you know, 
I'm glad that he decided to come back for the Well, he's, he's proven records. to people who didn't like that sound, although, as he said, it was an artistic choice. He's proven to people what a good producer he is. And frankly, you know, it's questionable whether Marillion would still be going because if they get that bored, mm-hmm. if they get that distracted, mm-hmm. or at least, you know, still going, but at least maybe not still putting out albums, they need someone like him who can motivate them yep. in, in a way that, that fires up their creativity and makes it fun. Yeah, it's like, you know, if you've got a basketball team, they can all be extremely talented individually, but without a good coach and a good trainer that can motivate them psychologically, that can inspire them and give them the fire needed to perform to their best ability, mm. they might not be as successful. So it sounds like he's he's got to be the in a sense a leader the the inspirer motivator cat wrangler cat wrangler he's got a lot on his shoulders yeah and i think mike hunter is is a genius i really do the music that he's managed to get out of marillion and that's how it feels almost that he has to pull it out of them yeah like a good coach like an excellent coach or trainer of a basketball team yeah they've got the talent they've got the ability and and the genius in them but after this long they need someone who can dig deep into them mm-hmm. and and help them find it themselves as well mm. and really he, he is the sixth mem- member of meridian without a shadow of a doubt now i hope he stays for the next album because i trust his his creative choices. I trust him to know what Marillion do best. Mm. Okay, somewhere else was perhaps a faltering first step. Perhaps it may have not have been what some fans wanted to hear. But I think in there as well, you have a track like somewhere else. You have a track like Circular Ride or Say the Word Faith. or Faith. Don't roll your oh, eyes. Oh, he put the trumpets on it. Don't roll your eyes. He put those the brass thing on. Yeah, I don't and I love them. Anyway, uh, but then you also have stuff that's sort of more atmospheric, like uh, Thank You Whoever You Are and um, Voice From The Past mm. and um, No Such Thing. I love all those. And I've said this before, and I, I'm going to sound like a stuck record, and it was the, the first time I noticed it was on Happiness Is The Road with Essence, where I kind of went, there's, there is a quality here. There is something that I'm only hearing now in this stage of their career. And I can only attribute it to Mike Hunter. Maybe it's his choices where when he's piecing the songs together and when he's pick, picking out pieces of jams, maybe they're his taste. Mm. But really interesting melodic choices. And not only that, I think, you know, okay, he learned... Uh, brutal lesson with somewhere else but i think he gets what marillion are and what people the fans want to hear from marillion mm-hmm. and what is best in terms of their career within that i think he still has uh the ability to give them room to explore what they want to play mm. but you certainly look at the last two albums and you go man those are marillion albums yeah fear and and an hour before it's dark are just pure Marillion, both of them. They are, yeah, for sure. And they do blend that, that every element, the pop, the prog, the rock, all of it together. Mm. 
I think he's yeah he's a genius he's an absolute genius I would love to interview him yeah that point. would be so I don't so think it's cool. ever gonna happen but oh um, why he doesn't like being interviewed no he appeared on H's podcast but then you know they've got oh um, he, he's very close with H though, yeah I they, they, they've got a certain uh what's the word advantage Rapport? oh <laughs> so advantage over us in that they're hosted co-hosted yes. by the singer from Marillion true <laughs> Yeah, so anyway, um, that was one of the interesting things as well, by the way. He did some Corona Diaries at one point, and in that interview, I won't read it all out now, he, he basically, he, he wanted to work with him because he was a fan of H and oh, wow. Europeans and how oh, we cool. live and the like. It was... Which is really good because then he's able to bring out the best of H with the rest of the band. Yes, yes. And help H's ownership over that. Band, exactly. Which of That's course what I was trying struggled. to say. Yeah. That's what I was trying to say. Ownership. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I just, yeah, I just hope that he's able to encourage them to kind of go back to the that well and get back in the studio before too long. Because obviously things are, as we've learned with the Meridian weekends and tours and things, things are slowing down a mm. bit. And certainly the, gaps between albums have become longer uh, and they've all said there's there will be another album yeah and they've all said that there's a lot of music left over rothers certainly seems from, to think so so from um an hour before it's dark so yeah. hopefully it won't be six years yeah trouble is they've now got a whole bunch of whole bunch of meridian weekends next year to do oh that's true yeah so that's gonna, gonna slow to it down record are they yeah because they're gonna be rehearsing for those have they have they released the secret Meridian weekend location yet? Don't think so. Uh, obviously, Port Zealand is is imminently going on sale. Sadly, we've had to tell our mates we can't afford it. Uh, wow. So if anyone would like to sponsor us to go. <laughs> Paul. Come on. What You've got to ask. <laughs> what? What's wrong with that? We're broke. We'd love to go. We're oh broke and we'd love goodness. to go. I'm sure there are a lot of people that are broke and would love to go. Yeah, I know, but we do the premiere. Sorry. The premiere. Sorry, the second premiere Marillion podcast. We we do the second best Marillion podcast <laughs> in the second world. Best, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the second most popular in the world. <laughs> we do it. We should we should have a place, a seat at that table. Oh my goodness. Wow. You know, maybe Lucy can just give us tickets for free. I don't think so, Paul. Why? My She's goodness. done it for other people. Paul, oh, like, They had to work the merch table, which I will say now I ain't doing. I'd but... do it. Oh, God, I love doing stuff like that. Really? I live for doing stuff like that. I think it's like exhausting. That. No, that energises me. Oh, I love it. Really? So, yeah, I love selling stuff. And, okay, so here we, know, here's really the deal. Busy here's the deal. In return for two tickets to the Port Zealand <laughs> One Marine of us weekend. will do the merch. Yeah. <laughs> so if anyone would like to tell Lucy that offer... <laughs> Actually, no, neither as well. I want Sanya with me. Oh, I love working stalls at markets and stuff. So much fun. Look, we'll do a, we'll do a, um, a live broadcast, uh, I don't know, on the... From the event- merch table. Yeah, well, I'm from the adventure, merch. Is it the Adventure Dome? What's it called? Adventure Factory? Adventure Factory. I don't we'll know. Do that. Okay, we'll do you're that. trusting my memory. Sa- Saturday or Sunday afternoon. We'll do it. We'll do an hour on stage. Oh my God, for, no. I'm ret- way too shy for that, <laughs> return Paul. For free no. Tickets. Fine, I'll do it by myself. Yeah, do I'll just tell it. You do it while I'm doing... <laughs> While I'm doing them selling merch. <laughs> I'll do anything. Anything. Just please. Can we go? Be the cleaner. Oh, now now you won't do anything. Uh, it depends who's shallow I'm cleaning. We'll clean our <laughs> own, that's for sure. 
Not with our mates. <laughs> no hey, way. that is not fair. Our mates are very tidy and clean. They are. Yes, they are. A bit less if they're sick than oh, I have. I think I did clean up someone's sick okay. in the sink. Hmm. You're married and to him. You're wonder... married to him. Yes. Did he even tell me that it was him that did it? He wasn't capable of. He was trying not to fall off the bed. <laughs> The, the whole room was there was an earthquake or something going on. Was there? <laughs> Everything was vibrating. Really? Yeah. I I'd wonder love, why. I'd, I'd love to go. We just for those nights after the gigs. Anyway, ain't going to happen. But um, but yeah. But but we'll go to the UK one. Hopefully. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully yeah. we'll have. I hope our funds financial for situation will improve. Yes. Uh, it will improve. He says optimistically. Yes. Yes. Anyway, right, um, enough of our uh, poverty whinging. (laughs) (laughs) Enough of that. Thank you for listening, everyone. Um, Again, supports on Patreon, links in the description. Have we got got space for any more somewhere else? Let us probably not, have we? Well, we didn't read any this week. I suspect we're going to need two weeks to get through the letters. But anyway, if you have got any, make them short. Again, the email's in the description. Uh, subscribe to us tell people about us just tell us you're listening it's, I do like hearing from people, from people you know whether it's on Facebook or Twitter or an email I just like knowing that you're all out there feels like we've not had a lot of contact with our listeners for a while because um, oh, we haven't had a letters page for ages yeah it's just nice it's just nice to because I don't let, read the letters until we're yeah. doing the episode you see anyway that's it right um Good luck, all of There's you. There's a really... With... The bird I'm is just wrapping the... up. Don't get distracted by a bird outside. It sounds like it's laughing. I was just telling them good luck with the Port Zealand ballot, but no, no, you go on... What's a ballot? Well, because in case, you know, you have to put your name in a hat, basically, and you've got to hope that... Do you? Yeah, I think it's going to be first come, first served or something. I don't know. I don't understand because I haven't even looked because it's too depressing. I'm so confused. It's too depressing to even look. Aww. Yeah. Anyway, oh, look at that bird outside. No, it sounded like it was laughing. It was making like the weirdest noise ever. Everybody all together laughing. Right, that's it. Goodbye. We'll talk to you probably next week. Bye bye.